55 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hole. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 wide sticks. The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Let's go. Hour two of the show on this Monday. Sing along. Monday, Monday. Yep. Da, 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 da. Yep. It's Monday. Show is. Welcome into the show. I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go. With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Would love to be a part of your team. Check them out. It's somebody you can deal with face-to-face. And when it comes to insurance, you never know when you're going to need to make a phone call. You're going to need help. You may be sitting down sifting through some paperwork that came in the mail at 9 o'clock on a Saturday night, Sunday night, and you got a, you know, a question. You have someone you can call on their cell phone. Shoot them a text real quick. And that's what it means. It's somebody right down the street, somebody you see. All around town. Their kids go to school with your kids, you know. And uh, you can deal with them face-to-face. One of the many great things about Farm Bureau. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Now, uh, hour one, uh, good show so far. Lots of good phone calls, recapping the weekend. A lot of basketball. Of course, state fans are still up in arms about some of the things they didn't like in and around the game out at Oregon. Might as well say at Oregon. It was in Oregon, but at Oregon. Home game for the Oregon Ducks. They win it 88-84. State gets uh, bounced from the NCAA Women's Tournament. Auburn sent Kentucky packing. One of the conversations that will happen out there on national radio today will be um, Bruce Pearl, uh, the latest coach with not as good a roster to get uh, the best of John Calipari and that Kentucky team. How about that? So, whatever. I just know it was a heck of a game. Goes to overtime. Incredible. Recap the little Mississippi State baseball. State lost the last two games of the series this past weekend to LSU, and they didn't. It wasn't competitive, really. Uh, you know, they win. They were up and cruising, right? Had a comfortable lead back on Thursday night, and then late in that game, LSU got hot, and State was able to close it out, and win six to five, by throwing a guy out at second base. And But it felt like it was one of those things where LSU had gotten momentum, and if they just had more innings, they might have come back. And then game two, LSU wins 10-5. to five. Game three, they win 11-2. to two. It just wasn't close. Meanwhile, Ole Miss, who, you know, they took it on the chin last weekend, lost two of three on the road at Missouri, had some low-scoring games early in that series. They came back, had this daunting trip to Arkansas, and got it done. This is a little bit of what it sounded like on the radio on the calls here from Learfield IMG with David Kellum. And the pitch. Graham hits it high and deep to right field, and that one sails out of the ballpark. Hit the light pole behind 
the bullpen. Graham got every bit of that one. Picks up home run number three, and the Rebels are up two to nothing. Angle in his first at bat, and this one's hit deep to right field. Servideo backing up at the wall, jumps up, got and it. makes the catch. Robbed it right off the top of the wall. That may, we'll have to see a replay, Keith, see if it was going out, but he went up on the top of the yellow, glove went behind the yellow, so what a play by Servideo. Full count to Martin. Swing and a miss, struck him out on a ball way upstairs, Keith. The last two pitches Martin swung at both out of the zone. The one he fouled back, he could reach. That one at 87, no chance of reaching, and Connor Hoagland, solid through three innings. 2-2 to Martin, and a pitch. Swing and a miss, he struck him out on one tailing away, and the Rebels win 10-5. What a job by Myers as Ole Miss gets a strikeout to end it. That's a little bit of what it sounded like um, on the radio this weekend. David Kellum on the call for Ole Miss. And, uh, you know, that's a huge series win for them. Again, it's on the road at a place that is really, really tough to win. Bomb Stadium there in Fayetteville. And... You know, it's one that it felt like that team really, you know, needed that. They really did need that. I mean, obviously. Now, you can, your resume at the end of the year when it comes NCAA tournament time and even potentially hosting time, your resume is just fine. If If you look and at the end of the year, there's a road series at Arkansas where you just got one win. I mean, it, they're going to look at that and go, oh, that's no big deal. You went and didn't get swept at Arkansas. Okay. But, and so you're ahead of the curve when you come out of there with two, certainly any road wins in the SEC that wind up in sweeps. I mean, okay, fine. Um, it That's way ahead of the curve. But I still think that, you know, it's one of those situations where, you had a team that not struggling. I mean, it's early season baseball. Struggling is not even really the right word. When you know, let's you you dropped two out of three at Missouri. There was a shutout in the middle there, and the, and one of the two losses at Missouri was a one run loss. I mean, struggling is not even the right word. You know, you took two out of three from Alabama, and that's after losing a couple of midweek games at Louisville, a really good team, good program. One of those losses at Louisville was a one run loss. So struggling, that ain't even the word to use. It's just that early season baseball, you know, is supposed to be the setup for you to get better, get better, get better. You start play your best when you get into April and then really certainly play your best at the end of the year when you get into May and SEC tournament time and turn it on when you get in that regional. You've got everything kind of worked out. You know, confidently know what the roles are in a pitching staff and all that kind of stuff. And so I just, I don't know, it just has the feel of the right series win at the right time for Mike Bianco and that Ole Miss team. What could really be a springboard. Now we've got a long way to go, and so we'll see. But let's talk about it right now. Somebody who, right in the thick of it, just mentioned his name, the head baseball coach at Ole Miss, Mike Bianco, on the Divinity Equipment phone right now on the show. Coach? Really appreciate some time. I know it's a busy Monday, as it always is, and you guys just got back in from a road uh, series. But 
Those Monday meetings feel a lot better when it's you're coming back home after getting two out of three, huh? Don't they, Matt? Wow, <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, a, a big weekend for us, and you know, we played really well against a, a really good Arkansas team. You know, at a, at a place it's it's tough. You know, they had probably close to thirty thousand people over. You know, three games there, so uh, it was good to play well. You know, I, I'm just looking at numbers. And I know that it was a close game in that first one. Um, but I look at it and I go, how close to a sweep this thing coulda, shoulda, woulda sort of thing after the way Etheridge and Roth pitched back on um, on Friday. I mean, I, I know that's one that's the one game Arkansas got, but that was a pretty mm-hmm. good night on the mound for you guys, wasn't it? It, re- it really was. And, and really, uh, Saturday and, uh, and, and Friday were almost – you know uh, the opposite of uh, yeah. uh, of of each other in a sense that on Friday night that they both games were played well by each team on Friday and Saturday, but you know on Friday we just we didn't make the the, the the big pitch to get off the field or the big play and we left we had some opportunities with runners in scoring position but you know credit you know Isaiah Campbell and just continued to get off the field and and even though I, I thought we did a, a, a fairly good job with them we just couldn't get the big hit and it was the opposite on uh, on Saturday uh, where you know I thought we made some pitches you know Doug although he wasn't at his best you know uh, pitched out of some jams and you know we got the big hit. Uh, you know, it's amazing. Friday, uh, we had the tying run to the plate. We had a ball to the warning track and, and, you know, in the ninth inning and lose. And on Saturday, the opposite, you know, uh, the, they, they have the tying run at the plate. They hit a ball to the warning track and lose. So, you know, you look at the runs totals now, you know, over the course of the weekend and back ending the series and the talk around the country from the baseball guys is, well, hey, look, this old Miss lineup is starting to, you know, they come out of the weekend looking like what we thought they were. Is is that accurate as a coach? Do you feel like, hey, yeah, we're starting to put it together one through nine? Well, you know, we started off really well. I yeah. mean, we, we started off the first, you know, 13, 14 games. We're 11 and 3. We were hitting over 300 as a club. We hit, at that point, I don't know, like 19, 20 home runs. We had stolen a lot of bases. We really fielded well, but we didn't pitch it well. We were still trying to figure out the pitching. Yeah. The last, 15 games or 12 games, you know, we, we kind of hit a little slump. We, we weren't, you know, swinging on, on all cylinders. We weren't catching the ball. We actually pitched it really well, you know, the last few weeks. We just didn't have a lot to show for it. So it was almost a, uh, two different teams or two different uh, seasons there for us. But, you yeah. know, to, to really answer your question, I thought Sunday especially, we looked more like ourselves, more like the offense of last year, more like the offense of the first, you know, 15 or so games, first three weeks of the season. I thought that that was us. It's not just scoring runs and getting hits, but the way we ran the bases, you know, the pressure that we put on the other team. Yeah. Mike Bianco on your radio right now. Um, so I guess it's one of those uh, trends, you know, the little roller coaster ride, especially in the early part of the year. Is that what Ron Polk used to refer to as that's baseball? All the, He'd just say that's baseball. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think, you know, people that don't uh, really know the game or don't appreciate the game, they're more football people, as you know, as you know about yeah. where you can outman them. That's you right. know, you just can, you know, uh, you know Ole Miss isn't going to lose to Tennessee Tech in football. 
Mm-hmm. So how can they lose two games on a Monday in baseball, mm-hmm. you know, when they're such an overwhelming favorite? And because, you know, the, 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 the one of the big differences in baseball is the guy that's the most important position, the sub, you know, that's worth probably 75% of the game is on the mound and he changes every day and he doesn't play the whole game. You know, in, in football, can you imagine if the quarterback he only played, you know, one every five games and he, he didn't play a whole game usually? You know, he only played about, you know, 60 or 70% of the game. You know, the, the game would change probably a lot. Yeah, no, it definitely would. Yeah, it's just an entirely different animal. I wanted to ask you, too, I was looking at, you know, kind of what was uh, really, you know, the spark was that uh, win, that one-run win. You've had some of these, you know, one-run losses, it's a one-run win that really seemed to kind of propel you into Sunday. And Austin Miller on the mound, that two and a third, where he just went out and just shut everybody down. Was yeah. was he, he kind of the – He the was really of, dominant. Yeah. Yeah, he's been he's been our guy all year. He's been the guy that, you know, since Etheridge moved to the starting role, he's kind of taken up that – Spot, you know, uh, you know the guy that would you know hand the ball off to Crazy late in the game, and he's been lights out really, you know, you know since the start of the season. And you're right, you know, the one run games, and you know, one of the things I think in that, you know sports, and, and this probably goes for all the sports, right? That uh, you know the teams that aren't good, they always talk about all the one run losses bad, right? We were close, but we weren't close enough to win. Or the football team to say, hey, you know, we I know we lost seven games, but you know, you know, six of them were in the team's last possession. Well that's that's what the bad teams do. They yeah. they don't win the close game. They figure out how to lose it, you know? And uh, and so, you know, we gotta figure out how to win some of those games. We've been in every game, but we gotta figure out how to win and, and certainly I thought that that was a that was big for our psyche on the road, you know, uh, against a really good Arkansas team to, to to come away with that victory late, you know, big double by Gray in the ninth inning. Yeah, and I totally agree with you. I've always felt like one of the most underrated inspirational quotes out there was from Yoda in Star Wars where he said, um, do or do not, there is no try. You know, and it's like yeah. uh, you either win or you don't. And and isn't, yes, that, isn't that a mark of mature teams that have that extra little it factor that they actually want the close game because they know we're going to figure out a way to win the run, the one-run game. No, no doubt, and, you, and you, know, you start to gain that confidence, and I'm sure that's not just in baseball, but that's in all sports, where you know you just you're, you know your your heart beats a little different than most people at the end of the game, where you're a little calmer, you have that belief, and you know that you're going to make the pitch or you know get the hit or you know complete the pass or make the shot. And, and it's really the mark of the great teams. And, uh, you know, they're the teams. You always look at the team that, that gets to Omaha. They, they look at them and go, oh, gosh, they, they, they won 12 one-run games or they did this or they did that. And, and it starts somewhere. I mean, I think sometimes we all want to win 12 to 2. I mean, that's great. But most of the games are played that way. Most of the games are played close. And, and even though it may be against the mid-major on a Tuesday, you got to figure out how to win that game. Even though it might be a walk-off win, and you go, man, we should have beat those guys by more. But, but, but at least you found a way to win. That's what good teams do. That's it. Mike Bianco on your radio right now. His team just took two out of three from Arkansas, got a midweek deal, and getting ready to host Florida. This is about to be a big seven-day stretch for the Rebels. You got, you know, uh, Florida coming in and then turn around and play Southern Miss a week from tomorrow in Pearl. So uh, a chance, 
I mean, this is an opportunity week after that win at Arkansas, isn't it? No, no doubt. No doubt. You know, and as you know, in our league, it doesn't get any easier, you know, and that's why I think it's so important to, to, to be present, to be where your feet are, to be in the moment. Don't look down the road. Let's, let's be at the ballpark tomorrow, you know, you know, alert and ready to go at 11 a.m. against, you know, North Alabama. And then, you know, make sure that, you know, you're ready for this weekend. But you're right, you know, a, a Florida team and that's, you, that's your job. You know, you, you guys that have the, the radio shows and the yeah. reporters can talk about, you know, who's having what kind of year and spin it however you feel fit. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, uh, you know, our job is to, to, to be pet present and, and play as well as we can. And if we do that, we got a good club. But, you know, things are going to be all right. We just got to play, you know, play good baseball. Well, and last thing is, you already know this, but I was just going to say, when you see Zabowski walking around, y'all don't need to touch him because you might get burned because he's hot <laughs> as a firecracker, man. He couldn't miss one the last couple of days. Yeah, he, he really had a really good weekend. And um, the big reason why we had so much success in Arkansas, no doubt about that. No doubt. Coach, thank you. I, I appreciate it. I know it's busy, so I can't say thanks enough for jumping on here with me. Thanks. My pleasure, man. Thank you, buddy. All right. Talk to you soon. That is Mike Bianco, head baseball coach, Ole Miss. Five to three win. I'm, I'm sorry, five to three loss in the opener back on Friday in Fayetteville. You're on the road. You're against a team. Arkansas had been as hot as anybody in the country. Um, and they're good. You know, it's a team that played for and for all intents and purposes was about to win a national championship last year, and they dropped a pop up. A routine pop-up. The next thing you know, Oregon State rallies and it's over. But Arkansas had taken two out of three against Alabama. They had split in the midweek with a really good Texas team. They had swept Missouri. They'd swept Western Illinois in the midweek. They took two out of three from a really good La Tech team. La Tech started to cool off a little bit, but they had, that's their run. I mean, they had won coming into the Ole Miss series – Arkansas had won, let's see here, eight, they had won 11 of 13 games going into the Ole Miss series, had just skyrocketed in the rankings, and were at home for this you know weekend series against a ranked team in the ballpark full of fans. Just, I'm talking about full of fans. Does this sound familiar? Does this sound familiar? See a parallel here? Arkansas couldn't lose. They're winning. They're impressive. They're scoring runs. They're home hosting a ranked team who they ranked higher than. Ballpark full of fans for a three-game series. And the visitors went in there and won two out of three. The same thing happened in Starkville. And that's baseball. Same thing happened in Starkville. This one, though, Ole Miss on the winning end. They go to Fable. And so they dropped that Friday and then come back and get a one-run win to even the series. And I mean, that again, in SEC baseball, man, it's just like a cage match. It's that close when you start playing each other. And Ole Miss, I mean, it's a tie game, and they get that double and score that run in the top of the ninth, and that's the win. And you not only win the game 4-3, to three, this close win, you should have won it easier <laughs> because Ole Miss doubled up Arkansas in hits. It was... 12 hits to six Ole Miss over Arkansas, but a 4-3 to three win thanks to that run in the ninth inning, and that's how you even the series. Arkansas 
for all intents and purposes, thought they had things where they wanted it. And then Ole Miss goes in there and puts up 10 runs yesterday and gets a series win 10-5. to five. So what does this all mean? I'll tell you what it means. Is that at this point in the year, and here it is on April the 1st, you cannot crown anybody anything in baseball yet. You can't do it. Because you don't know. <laughs> you don't know and I don't know. Nobody knows. You can't crown anybody anything. And everybody is going to go through the little bit of, you know, the ups and downs. Look at every single team in the SEC. And I got news for you. This is not an overstatement. Okay? This is not an overstatement in the least. There are a handful, not just one, not just three, there are a handful of teams in the SEC capable of winning a national championship. Okay? Winning it all. It's that level. Top five, top ten type programs. You got State and Ole Miss. You have Vanderbilt, obviously. I don't care what LSU's gone through. LSU is in that group. Arkansas is in that group. They almost won it a year ago. All they got to do is catch a pop-up. And, you know, we know Florida. Florida has not looked like the Florida, but we know what they're capable of. And this year, Georgia is a legitimate top five team in the country. (laughs) And week in and week out in the SEC, there's going to be ups and downs. And so far, every team I mentioned has experienced the ups and downs. Every one of them. State's in the down now. Ole Miss on the way back up. LSU on the way back up. They've both been down for two, three weeks. Even Vandy's look shaky at times. Georgia's up, but watch. They'll hit a spell where they can't score a run coming up pretty soon. It just happens. It's going to be an exciting finish right down to the wire again in the SEC. Thanks to Mike Bianco for coming on. More in the Farm Bureau studio. Stay with me. We continue to roll along with you on a Monday. All right, and phone lines are open to you now. Text line open. You can tweet me. Let me give you all that info, shall I? I am Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! (laughs) With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. You may dial... The uh, Divinity Equipment phone. You can be just like uh, Mike Bianco or Jeff who called earlier or Chicken Hawk. And you can your voice can be heard on the Divinity Equipment phone line. The number to the phone is 995-1059. 601 area code. So 601-995-1059. Let her rip. And you can holler at Roger and then holler at me. And we'll chat today. Divinity Equipment, Madison and Jackson, your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. They've been doing it better longer than anybody else. You could also text the show if you prefer. 
Easy enough. Don't text if you're driving, but if you're not driving, text away. 885-ESPN. Yeah, your phone's got numbers, I mean, letters on it. <laughs> it sure does. It's got letters on it. 885. Of course, you could just tell Siri to dial it for you. Well, that's true. You could, huh? You could just tell her and she'll do it. Or dial 885-3776 or text that number and it'll come through on the text line. And... uh We'll be happy to communicate that way. You can also tweet me around the clock. I'm at Radio Wyatt, at Radio Wyatt. Send me a tweet. Jeremy forwarded something to me here. So it was on April the 1st, 1945, the Battle of Okinawa began. 17,000 Americans were killed. Uh, on April the 1st, 1945, World War II. World War II. You know, II. those guys had to be thinking how ironic it was they're launching this on April 1st. Yeah, I know. Right. You know, that's the thing about, too, is like April 1st, you have the whole April Fool's thing, and so some things take you by surprise. You get sucked into a joke that's an April Fool's joke. You didn't rem- You didn't realize it. Uh, other times you may see something that's real, and the first thing you'll do, sometimes you'll wonder, wait a minute, is this a joke? You know? Um, it's not the best situation. <laughs> it's like earlier. Um, uh, two weeks taxes due. No joke. <laughs> that is Well, that is no joke. Uh, there's a Twitter account that I follow. It's called The 80s Forever. I love the 80s. And uh, they tweeted a couple of hours ago, breaking, Justin Bieber to star as Marty McFly in the new Back to the Future reboot movie. John Travolta is said to be playing Doc Brown. Who who do you think will play Biff? And so, knowing kind of what it was, I retweeted it just to see what kind of response I would get. And sure enough, I had somebody tweet back at me, one of my followers on Twitter, um, Ted, tweeted back at me and said, April 1st is quickly becoming my least favorite day of the year. <laughs> so you must be getting a lot of that because it's obviously an April Fool's thing. It's not true. Well, well clearly Gary Busey. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, Doc. Well, see. No, G- as, as Biff. Well, as Biff, I know, but I'm thinking Gary Busey would be better as Doc. Crazy Doc. Don't you well, think? Well, you may be right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could kind of, you know, get him. Since it's all a hypothetical anyway, right? <laughs> That's he right. He could star in both roles. <laughs> Starring in both roles, Gary Busey is both Doc and Biff Tannen. What a great movie. I used to love, I still do. I still do love the Back to the Future movies. It's just kind of some, and, and some of it's depressing because, what is it, Back to the Future 2, where he goes way ahead in the future? And he goes to 2015. Yeah. Right. Everybody's everybody's old and decrepit. Old and decrepit in 2015. It was run by Biff. He had run it down. And they had flying cars and flying hoverboards and stuff. We sort of have that stuff, but not to that extent. (laughs) Like you saw it in the movie. So, You know, I just realized something. And and this is not political at all, but a young Trump would have been a great Biff. He really would have, wouldn't he? Just with the attitude. That's it. Well, and the hair. You yeah, know, how, all that stuff. All that stuff. 
yeah, uh, Confidence. <laughs> yeah, those are great movies. Nobody remembers Back to the Future 3, though. That was the Western deal. And there was a scene where the DeLorean got stuck on a train track. Here comes the steam locomotive down the track. <laughs> yeah, nobody remembers did they put, that. Did they end up using the train to get him started? Yeah, some kind of, something yeah. like something. Vaguely yeah. remember that. Yeah. Right, I'm with you. Vague remembrance, that's all I have of that. You were probably in college about that time. Yeah, about about that. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Kind of focused on other things. Uh, supposed to be, yes. Supposed to be most of the time. Well, I didn't say your studies are <laughs> Well, I I took the insinuation as I was supposed to be focused on studying. Nah. Not that to. I was. <laughs> not that I was enough anyway. I was focused enough on studying to stay eligible and to get my degree. And then the real education began after graduation. I can promise you that. Um, all right, so what did they say? I uh, mentioned it earlier. Mississippi State drops two out of three in baseball over the weekend to LSU. State hit a little snag there. They just didn't play very well in those two games they lost. You know, They kicked it around some on defense in both, day, in both games. At the plate, they did a little more chasing stuff out of the zone than you normally have seen of, of them, and so they didn't hit quite as many as hard. Heck, though, the, I'll be honest with you, the Sunday game or Saturday game will be the third game of the series for State against LSU. Um, it, it wound up 11-2, to two, okay? State would have had to score 12 runs to win it, obviously. But two runs on the board, it came with a late two-run home run from Rowdy Jordan. But in the early parts of the game, it was just one of those games where LSU would put the ball, the bat on the ball. A couple of times they hit it hard, but they had a bunch of weak contact hits that found the right hole, just kind of dribbled it through the infield over and over. And in the early innings of that game three, State was stepping up there and just tattooing the ball, but hitting it right at people over and over. So it was one of those days. After the 11-2 loss, LSU wins the series. Here's some of Chris Lamonis after it. Recapping it on the radio with Jim Ellis from Learfield IMG. I know you huddle up your ball club, talk to them uh, after each ball game. Uh, what, what did you say to the kids today as you, as you talked to them about getting ready for the week ahead and I guess putting this game a little bit behind you? Yeah, we got to, um, you know, the biggest thing is, I think, is we got to get back to playing some fundamental baseball. We just didn't play really clean uh, the last two days. And, and um, you know, we're not a bad team by no ways, but um, we had an opponent come in here and, and you know, really beat us pretty good the last two days. And so they're disappointed. Um, you know, we'll have two good practices this week and a good midweek and get back to playing good baseball. But we got to play clean baseball. We just haven't been real clean. The scoreboard shows you 11 hits and 10 hits, and then there's a huge difference. It's just a lot of free stuff we're giving up in the game and per, per walks or wild pitches or errors or whatever it might be. So, um, you know, that's we just got to clean it up. Yeah, I, I, I was just looking at the innings, and, and what you say is so true. Uh, Era started a couple of innings, and those runs scored. A couple of walks start an inning, and the runs score. I mean, it's uh, you, you, some of it. Uh, and LSU, uh, I think we have to give them credit. I thought they played really well this weekend. They did. But but we opened some doors for them, didn't we? We really did, and, and they played the opposite. They didn't give us anything. They suffocated us on defense a little bit, and they're a really good defensive team. Um, and they made us really have to earn it. So. That's a little bit of Chris Lamonis after the series finished. Hey, stick around. Coming up next, Brett Hudson. We'll, we'll recap the women's basketball season with him next. Stick around. 
Da, 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 back on the show. Cooled off. Last couple mornings, it's cold in North Mississippi. I know that much. It's cold there in Jackson, Roger. Oh, yeah. Cool. Cold as far as I'm concerned. I walked out there in shorts. Woo. My little, we have two dogs in the house, little miniature schnauzers. And one of them, the smallest one, Lady, she's one of those, like, we put a sweater on her because <laughs> she doesn't like cold. She hates thunder. Do you ever walk her while she's wearing that sweater? No. I want, I want a picture of that. Well, we have a you know pretty good-sized fenced-in backyard, so we just let them out. We don't walk them. We just turn them out, let them do all the running around they want to do. But it is pretty funny to see her in that thing. This morning, like, she took she two She wears st- it outside by herself. Uh-huh. Yeah, by herself. And she took two steps outside and came right back to the door. Let me in. Let me in. I don't want to be out here. It's too cold. Hates the cold. Yep. It was a cold weekend. And the uh, so, some state fans would say the basketball gods turned a cold shoulder to them. How about that segue? This weekend, state having to go to Auburn. I'm mean, Oregon. I'm all mixed up. Having to go to Oregon, Portland up there, face Oregon, and what was like a home game for the Ducks. And uh, they got the win by four. Let's talk about that now with Brett Hudson, part of the Matt Wyatt media team, Brett underscore Hudson on Twitter. Y'all follow him if you don't. If you don't follow him, you're missing out. Brett, you have more followers than anybody else on the Mississippi State beat on Twitter. Did you know that? I did now. I do now. How about about that? Do I get like a trophy or a plaque of some kind with that? Yes, it's it's in the mail. Just keep watching. <laughs> okay, cool. cool. Yeah, and I do this is also like a traveling trophy for when mm. when people eventually realize my account is nothing but dumb jokes and someone else takes that <laughs> takes that honor over. I'm, I'm assuming it's a traveling trophy, but yeah. I'll I'll gladly keep the the trophy nice and and shined up. I'll see just how much I can I can get it on my Twitter account. Maybe I can get it on there more than the state folks get the egg on there. Yeah, right. Oh, the egg is on there a lot for sure. Well, yeah, um, I know. It's, it's going to be tough, but we'll try. We'll try. So you um, obviously saw the game yesterday. What did you think of it when it was all said and done? I, I thought it was a, a fantastic basketball game that, uh, that just didn't go Mississippi State's way. It was it was well played in, in all regards. It was exciting. Uh, they Neither team wasted any time putting putting points on the board pretty quickly, and both were pretty efficient offensively throughout the, the entire game. So it was, a, it was an aesthetically pleasing basketball game, except the, the final minutes of it, if you happen to be looking at it through maroon and white glasses. I thought it was a, a fantastic basketball game. You got a transcendent performance from arguably the nation. Best play, best player, Sabrina Ionescu, and and Mississippi State was excellent all the way through. They got some big threes from Espinosa Hunter, and it was just a, a great basketball game that just didn't go Mississippi State's way. It's kind of like uh, kind of like how that uh, Missouri Kentucky game in the SEC tournament was. It was just so good that you wish it had a bigger stage. But you just wish yeah. a game like that had been in the Final Four. Or, for a national championship, and hey, maybe the the women's final four delivers for us this year. It, it certainly did last year. You just you wish a game like that didn't happen at one o'clock central on a on a Sunday. Yeah, and Brett, you know, 
uh, I I think I tweeted right after it that you know it, uh, what's um I'm drawing a blank now on uh, the number one player for Oregon. Um, Inescu, yeah, Sabrina Inescu. She she was incredible, and they hit thirteen threes, and they earned the win. And a few state fans tweeted at me and said that that doesn't, you know, basically doesn't take into account the officiating that kind of thing. I just felt like it was a game where nobody lost the game. Oregon just went out and won it. No, I agree completely. I mean, when you. When you shoot fifty percent for or whatever it was from from three point range, and you take threes the the way they do, and you make them at at that clip, you're you're doing something right. Yeah, the officiating was something that was very much ballyhooed on on Twitter, and probably will remain that way for for a few days and and weeks. But let's not uh, let's not shortchange what what Oregon did there. They they were the fantastic offensive team that they've been all year long, and that's why, as much as it would be fun for the local audience to see Mississippi State make a, a third straight Final Four, and it'd be fun for me because I'd be driving to Tampa <laughs> in 48 hours, it's it's also fun to see a excellent offensive team like that get that stage, too. Yeah, yeah. What's next for Vic Schaefer in that program with all these seniors graduating? It's it's a very interesting time in the in the program's history because you know they had to to build this team differently to to kind of at, at, I guess accentuate the uh, the pieces that they had to make the run that that they did and now they're they're kind of in the aftermath of that you know because they they got a they got a graduate transfer and she's she's not going to be of of use this time next year it's 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 an interesting task for for Vic Schaefer to tackle because Thomas Taylor is going to be eligible next year, and that's, that's interesting. But this is also arguably the the highest-rated recruiting class that he's ever pulled at Mississippi State. So there are going to be no seniors. There isn't, it isn't going to be the lineup like we've seen the last couple years where you just have huge, awesome classes coming through and you, you lean on the seniors, get what you can out of everyone else, and see how far that takes you. It's going to be – more of a wide open situation for for playing time and and for just contribution out of out of the roster. So it's frankly this is as wide open of a production race that this program has had in a little while, and that's that's going to make October and November incredibly interesting with with this team next year. You figure Espinosa Hunter is going to have a big role. You figure Chloe Bibby is going to have a big role. But what happens around them? Like how do Jessica Carter and Promise Taylor? play this play this thing out which which guard step up is it Maya Taylor's turn or does a freshman come in and and take a role there's there's a lot of spots minutes contributions up for up for grabs so October and November are going to be as interesting as they've been in the last few years here Brett good stuff as always man I'll tell people I'm gonna send you some more Twitter followers real soon all right thanks man all right thank you that's Brett Hudson Follow him on Twitter at Brett underscore Hudson. Does an excellent job covering Mississippi State. You hear from him often. You can find his writings at mattwyattmedia.com. Mattwyattmedia.com. And the Hudson blog there does an excellent job covering the team. And teams, uh, I should say, kind of have a baseball focus going forward for the next couple of months. 
Flip it over now on the Divinity Equipment phone. Divinity Equipment, Madison and Jackson, a couple of minutes with Gator Greg. What's up, Greg? Hey, uh, Mr. Wyatt, I, I I know a tough weekend for you. I know you you you, you were frustrated. I was I was pulling from Mississippi State yesterday, uh, but I, I'm curious. I, I, some, one of my friends said you you took on uh, Mr. Pash there. What was what was that about? Ah, uh, well, you took on Mr. Dave Pash. Give me, give me a little <laughs> lowdown on that. Well, I didn't take him on, and I I did my best to uh, point it out without being combative. I just said. You know, there's a noticeable difference in the voice inflection. This was early in the game. I'm talking about like in the first quarter, second quarter. Okay. There's noticeable difference in the excitement and voice inflection on made baskets on one end of the floor versus made baskets on the other. Is that simply because of the noise in the arena? You know, are you trying to overcome that or what? And he kind of snarked back at me a little bit. He said, go watch the Nick Fitzgerald touchdown run against our, uh, A&M and get back to me. And my response on Twitter was, well, that's understandable because that was a game winner. And, you know, I'm just I'm just curious because the truth is, you know, it was it was a lot like when an official is overcome by an atmosphere that he's in. You know what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. Greg? And it was the same way on a national broadcast. And. There were, you know, people that normally don't complain about anything were kind of complaining about it because it was so kind of lopsided, one-sided. I just felt like it was kind of unprofessional. I, well, I, I'll have to, in truth and in fairness, I was traveling trying to keep up with it a little bit maybe, yeah. and, and I was following the Kentucky game, so I didn't see it. I, I didn't hear it. Maybe I'll try to go back and look at a replay. I think he's one of the best beside there. Oh, he's good. Quite frankly, there's no doubt he's I, I, good. You know, uh, I like him. I don't know about that. I and I can understand. It's kind of one of them deals. This was was especially this team. I think a lot of people don't say it. I think they exceeded expectations. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people thought they were going to get back to the Final Four. I mean, you're going to take a step back of losing all the people you did for a great year. Oregon just played a great game. I thought Mississippi State played a, a good game too. But we'll we'll check it out. Maybe we'll talk to you about that later in the week. Cool. You know I'm into the broadcasting like you, but you're doing a good job, Mr. White. And uh we like Mr. Joe White too. Appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Greg. Appreciate you, man. Always good to hear from our friend Gator Greg. All right, that'll wrap it up on a Monday. For everybody here on the show, for Roger, for me, for Gator Greg and others. Appreciate you tuning in however you did it. We'll do it again tomorrow, same time, same place, for two hours on a Tuesday. We will see you then in the Farm Bureau studio. See ya. Knock him out, John. Woo! This man's killing me.